Today's episode is brought to you by the support of Ferno Grills. What's up, everybody? I am podcast host and restaurateur Brad Barmore. I have had the opportunity to cook on a lot of things, guys. Kettle grills, offset smokers, pellet grills, open pits, reverse flows, gravity smokers, cabinets, ugly drums. My Ferno is hands down the best grill I have ever cooked on. You know, with gas grills, most folks get caught up in the BTUs, but it's really how well you can control and hold the heat that matters. And Ferno Grills happen to be a revolution in gas grilling and the ultimate cooking machine for the backyard cook, as they are designed and engineered with firewheel technology for the ultimate in precision heat control. Ferno is the only gas grill with height adjustable burners, custom cast iron grates, and a fully insulated hood so you can sear without burning or cook slow and low to perfection. I've done steaks, burgers, chops, veggies, oysters, salmon, briskets, chicken, pork butts, tri-tips... Yeah, I cooked them all on the Ferno, and it has impressed me every time. Plus, it looks modern and really sleek in the backyard. It is unlike any grill I've seen out there. Project Smoke, Steve Reichlin, Forbes Magazine, AspiringGentleman.com are all raving about what the Ferno grills are doing to change the grilling game. Check them out on Instagram, at Ferno Grills, or for even more information, including recipes and financing options, head to www.fernogrills.com. We're going. We're on. We are on. Like Donkey Kong. Indeed. Well, everybody, Sports Meets Beer, your highly anticipated. Thousands of people have emailed in. When are you doing your NFL preview? This is it. It is? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell. You didn't get the notes? I have done zero research. Oh, boy. Well, I'm just trying to even the playing field for our... 97.7 97.7 The River Picks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are in first place in every division and every fantasy team you've played on. I'm pretty sure you can wing this one. Let's give it a go. <laughs> if it's your first time tuning in, that is Brad Barmore. I am Ben Perry. This is the Sports Meets Beer Podcast brought to you by Ferno Grills at the top of the show. Big shout out to them. Big thank you. Still, I'm like a little kid on Christmas every day looking on my porch waiting for that Ferno Grill to show up. <laughs> It'll get here soon. Uh, if you haven't listened to our, any of our shows previously, please you go to hell. Yeah, please check them out. Uh, you, obviously, where you found this podcast, go back and just check them out. Last episode, 119, we talked about uh, poor fool Andrew Luck while we talked about some beers. Uh, we do review some beers. Today is not going to be beer heavy other than what's going in our gullet as we tell you our pontification of sports miller light uh and then if you uh haven't checked us out on our social media platforms please do so all of them are the same that is sports meets like the protein and beer sports meets beer and we're going (laughs) indeed indeed so antonio brown huh no news here let's move along Uh, as today is unfolded today is thursday uh september 5th we are going to release this tomorrow morning friday yeah, um, we just so happened to catch the. We were going to record this yesterday afternoon, and it ended up not working. Thank goodness, a little bit of a little bit of news came out of uh, Oakland, California today. Obviously, Antonio Brown getting uh, potentially suspended for behavior. Uh, that's uh, is that still just potential? Yes, he has not officially been as of yet. Has not been as of this time. As so. of this time, while we were recording, we could have breaking news. <laughs> yeah, which we've we haven't had much on the show we before. We haven't had that before. We don't have a sounder for it. We're we're definitely not prepared for breaking news. Be-de-boo, be-de-boo. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the ringtone from Austin Powers. <laughs> uh 
but we are going to go three, obviously. So, so here we are. Okay. Well, let me, before we get there, yeah. Excuse me. We just we talked about this. You know. Uh, oh, it's still just reportedly as of forty five minutes ago. Um, ESPN says it's done. Who knows? Anyway, so we talked about this a little bit uh, before when we talked about the helmet thing, and we kind of gave him a little bit of credit because I can understand and appreciate that as you put all these pads on, you become sort of a weaponized athlete, and so do all the people around you. So you want to be in a position where you can see and feel what's going on around you. Otherwise, you're liable to just get your you know, the shit knocked out of you. Right. So I can appreciate the fact that if you feel uncomfortable in any of your equipment, that actually does make it dangerous. But it wasn't news to him. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like this was just all of a, all of a sudden sprung on him. Everybody had the one year grace period. It's a whole, th- and also just the timing of when it was going to not be certified anymore. Everything about it, just the way it was handled is full diva, right? I mean, yes. that's just the way that it goes. Now this comes out and apparently, you know, he was fined $52,000, right? For missing practice. Yes. Right. And now he's been in a shouting match with Mike Mayock. The the biggest, the biggest, just going through the penalties, the biggest um, uh, uh, fine uh, attributed so far was because he missed a series of walkthrough meetings that were mandatory. The minimal, like I want to say it was only like $14,000 for training camp stuff. Okay. But yes, it equates to $54,000, which just to put it in perspective for the layman, if you were to make $70,000 a year, this is literally two-tenths of a percent to his, his guaranteed monies, right? He has $30 million in guaranteed monies over two years. Yeah. That $56,000 is literally the equivalent of someone like you or I making seventy grand a year and giving someone 130 bucks. Yeah, but you know, it's it's... Mathematically, you're right. But for these guys, it's just like, why did Ezekiel Elliott hold down to be the highest paid player in the league and demand that it be this much higher than Todd Gurley? Why couldn't it just be a dollar higher? Like these guys, it's all about like the respect aspect of your money. Of course. And here's the thing, Antonio Brown, these guys stood by you through all of this. The worst that Mayock did publicly, we obviously can't speak to what happened behind closed doors, but the worst that Mayock did publicly was we expect Antonio to be here. He's either in or out. He's either in or out. We appreciate and respect his decision and what he wants, and we expect him to be a big part of this football team. We're looking forward to the things. Nothing he said was disrespectful. Everything he said was open and honest, and it didn't throw Antonio Brown under the bus at all. They stood by you through all of this. They're going to fine you, which you may not like, but to play it out like this, man, come on. Oh, it's it's such a punk come move, on. and it's such a... Uh I don't know. It's it's there's desperation. It just cries desperation from his camp, and I just can't believe for someone who is the uh, equivalent of Floyd May- Mayweather when it comes to money. You know, one of the one of the reports when he was at training camp is that he was distracted by just looking at how much money he has in his bank account. Like that's the thing he was doing on a regular basis, just looking at his money. Um, it just goes to show you, like he's just to talk about this is like the the definitive example of cutting off your nose to spite your face. It's, yeah, it's. I mean, you're 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 jumping over hundred dollar bill for ten cents. Well, and like the thing that's so f- infuriating to me about this is if you you know he just had his new helmet. He you know he got his new helmet yesterday or the day before, and it was a big deal. And he got his his endorsement with that helmet company, right? I don't I don't remember what it is. It's called a Nighthawk or something weird. Zenith. 
Yeah, okay. Jackhawk 4000. <laughs> the Zenith. <laughs> Hopefully it's not the same company that used to make those TVs. Um, or still makes those TVs. They still do. The best TVs of the market. <laughs> Zenith, hands down, was the best. Zenith. Uh, TVs and uh, football helmets. That's what we make. Um, <laughs> we specialize in tube televisions that top out at 24 inches. Right. But when he got that, there was video in the Raider clubhouse on Twitter that was hilarious with the guys kind of like goofing on him and he's laughing and there's like a whole thing going on where it's like felt like a real like close knit group in there. Yes. You know, I think somebody called him, you know, with words I can't use as a person with my pigment. He said that dude looks like a Power Ranger in that helmet. Like, oh, yeah. just goofing on him. Right. It was a bunch of laughter. So you see that happen and then you see this happen and you're just trying to figure out, is it dysfunction in the franchise or is he is he causing the dysfunction you know what I mean? like is he the dysfunctional one in all of this i would say he's a dysfunctional one in all of this i would agree with you that he's dysfunctional but being a lifelong reader fan it's just one of those things i'm just like yeah like we've said before but this pretty much might happen today or this this might as well happen today this might as well happen it's um it's indicative of the franchise uh no matter what moves they make they just seem to they can't quite right the ship. Traditionally, one of the most since Al Davis died, one of the most cash strapped franchises in the league. Right. So maybe you could you make the argument that the fines are a little high, but <laughs> you know, but you, you know, it's I don't know. You look at it in one of the things, by the way, one of the take clear takeaways from Hard Knocks that nobody has reported on. They keep Al Davis's office the way it was the day he died. It has not changed. Well, yeah. I can't afford to pay anybody to clean it. <laughs> they like, but literally his whiteboard is up with his writing, all this stuff. Like, it's crazy. It's I can like appreci- a museum. I, I like the tribute side of that thing. It does feel a little weird, though. It's a little creepy. I think having um, like a memoriam would be more appropriate. A tribute area. Like, please don't put your feet on our Al Davis coffee table. <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, just a closet with like just white track suits in it. <laughs> like nylon track suits. <laughs> They're gonna have, uh, you know, like when when uh, Candlestick shut down, people bought the seats and stuff. There's gonna be seats from Oakland Coliseum, and then L- then L A radio, L- L A Stadium, the Coliseum there, uh, and then back to Oakland Coliseum. They're gonna have all these series of different seats that they had. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, or just be VHS tapes of the combine that he used to scout guys. Yes. <laughs> like, God, oh lord. Well, this is feeling uh, to me. This is uh, even if Antonio Brown comes back, this is Randy Moss 2.0. This is Randy Moss leaving the huddle early on plays uh, when he wasn't in the ball thrown to him. You could tell every time he left. Literally, they're in mid mid chant of what you know, call, yeah. play calling, and he just walks away. You know, lacks Dazel with the catch. Not really. I mean, he had okay yards, but then just went to the Patriots and scorched everybody. Right. So to me, well, this to be is, fair, who was the quarterback for the Raiders at the time? Um, which which one? There was like seven or eight. Was that that was before Jason Campbell? Before Jason Campbell, Kerry uh, Collins was there. Kerry Collins was there. That's right. Uh, you're talking about Jamarcus. So, uh, I know it was before Jamarcus. Uh, then you're also talking about. Um, oh God! It was. Um, there was a. Uh, who's the guy? Who's there was there was a Kowski in there somewhere. Who was the guy? Who was the uh, Bruce Kredkowski? Is that the guy's name? <laughs> The bald guy, yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, not Tom Brady. Yes, exactly. That's a huge oh, part of that equation. Oh, yeah, not Tom Brady, not Bill Belichick. <laughs> right. Um, so in, in our in our typical 
NFL previews. We went on many parts, many hours, kind of talked about each division and broke them down. I think what we're going to do this year is we're going to go over and just quickly summarize who we think is the best team in the division. Okay. As it stands on paper. Now, we'll go back at the end of the season and we'll see which one of us is correct or not. Okay, let's do it. All right, so since uh, since I am the AFC representative of the team, I will pick the AFC team first. You pick the NFC teams first from each corresponding division. Sound okay, good? let's do it. I'm all in. Right. I'm all in. Here we go. NFC East. Philadelphia. Eagles are going to be the best? Yeah, Philadelphia is really good. Their defensive line is super deep. They get healthy Carson Wentz back. They have a really deep backfield. And I... I just, you know, Doug Peterson is a good coach. Washington is awful. The Giants are awful. So they get to play them twice, right? Just like the just like the Cowboys do. But uh, at the end of the day, you trust the coach that's won a Super Bowl and not the one that, I mean, I don't want to turn this into like an anti-Cowboys take, but if you watched... <laughs> but the, it's going to be one. <laughs> if you watched the Cowboys in the NFC playoffs where... The one thing that they did all year incredibly well on defense was stop the run, and then the Rams went out and just beat the hell out of them with the run. And that's, I mean, that's a, that's a coaching thing, man. That's like they, they, they weren't able to adjust. They didn't do anything new. That's just Jason Garrett just clapping his way through some success. And I think, you know, has Dak Prescott gotten so much better in his career that he's taking that team to the next level? All the pressure's on Ezekiel Elliott now. Yes. With all that kind of stuff. Philadelphia doesn't have any of that kind of stuff going on. And I think Carson Wentz, I do believe in Carson Wentz. Again, that defensive line is super deep. They hit you. I, In fact, we, in my fantasy football league, the champion gets to pick our futures bet. We put $100 down on a futures bet. And last year we took the Rams. And this year we're taking Philadelphia. I just, they're, nice. and I think they're like 14 to 1 or something like that to win the Super Bowl. But I... In my mind, it's between them and Dallas, and I think Philadelphia, they might even split the season series, but I think Philadelphia ends up getting an extra one or two. They're the best team in that division. Well, I am going to agree with you that New York is horrible. However, I think Washington is going to be extremely horrible. <laughs> we were about to fight. <laughs> no, I think, uh, believe it or not, I think division winner is going to be Dallas. I think that you've got a lot of things to prove, uh, as we just mentioned with Ezekiel Elliott's new contract. Dak Prescott has a lot, and Amari Cooper has got a lot to prove. Because yeah, he's, he's trying to get paid. Exactly. Right? Jalen Smith just got paid. Yep. Dak Prescott just got paid. Or no, he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid. A lot of pressure on these guys. A lot of pressure on the Cowboys to try and make something work right. because of all that. Exactly. So I think this year the pressure is going to be good, and, and although the Garrett clap will continue, I think Cowboys are going to take the division. Yeah. I, it's Like I said, I think it's just a one or two game separation. Dallas is a great team. I don't – but I, I – yeah. I don't. It's not a bad argument for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, AFC East. I'm going to go out on a limb. On a limb here and say the New England Patriots. Until they prove me wrong, I have to go with them. Obviously. Which for three consecutive years where we did the previews, you had said this is the year that they fall apart. <laughs> and of course, this will be the year they do when I go for them. Well, the problem is, dude, the rest of that division is usually so bad. Yes, but uh, you know, this year I think I can see Buffalo or uh, the Jets. As a strong uh, wild card contender, yeah, Buffalo's defense is is nasty, and nasty. I think, I think once the rust comes off of Le'Veon Bell, um, you know the Jets don't have quite the supporting cast that he needs to make it a truly impactful run game. Maybe they can get a better kind of tune up their receiving core a bit, 
but Sam Darnold played really well down the stretch last year. Yeah. And I think that's going to make a huge difference. And also, like, the way the league is set up, they're going to give the ball to Le'Veon Bell through the air a lot also. But I, I think you're probably right. I think there's still probably a few pieces away. Um, NFC North. That's a tough division. It's Minnesota, Chicago, and Green Bay are all legit contenders in that division, right? I like what Detroit is doing. I think they're a year away because it's another new offensive coordinator there. So they have Daryl Bevel there now. It's a run-heavy game. They're going to do a lot of two tight end sets, which they have the personnel for that. But I don't know that the defense has gotten considerably better, and I'm still not sure that they can protect Matt Stafford, which has always been a problem. So I rule them out immediately. Do you trust Kirk Cousins? Minnesota's defense underachieved last year. But, really underachieved. But they get Dalvin Cook back fully healthy, and those wide receivers are awesome. Thielen and Stephon Diggs are great. Green Bay's got a new offensive coordinator slash head coach. They're much improved on defense, and you have Aaron Rodgers, so you can't really ever knock them out. I'm going to say it's Green Bay because it really. I think Green Bay and Chicago are very evenly matched. I think Chicago's defense is still going to be great, although losing Vic Fangio is a problem. They can run the ball well. But it's down to Trubisky versus Aaron Rodgers, and I am not too Trubisky to Quitsky. So <laughs> I'm on Aaron Rodgers. And that's another division I think ends like inside of a game. You know, I think Green Bay ends up winning that division. And I have done like zero research on the schedules for these divisions, so I don't know who they drew, who the division drew in terms of like they play the AFC South and the NFC East. You know what I mean? Outside yeah. of their division. I don't know about any of those things, but I just you get you can't count Aaron Rodgers out. No, and I, I am a big Aaron Rodgers fan. I think he's amazing. I think he's tough. I think he's a lot of things. Um, it's going to be a question of of what he can do this year, health wise. Um, yeah, you know he had some ankle and leg injury last year that was looming. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But my pick for the North is actually going to be the Bears. Uh, I think they they finally have figured out the plague of special teams is going to be on their side again. That's what lost them a lot of games last Who's year. Who's their kicker now, do you know? doesn't matter. I think they finally figured it out, though. I, Versus this whole revolving wheel fucking dude missing every which way you can. Yeah. Eventually, you have to just shake those demons. Well, all I know is that, like, for the first month of training camp, they were just running dudes out there, and, like, everybody, all the open practices, like, nobody was watching, like, the, you know, defensive drills. Everyone was watching the kicker. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking weird, right? You know, the one thing I will say about the Aaron Rodgers and his leg and all that kind of stuff, I wonder if there's going to be some residual resentment maybe not maybe too strong a word but some residual resentment from them rushing him back throwing him out there them losing and then them sitting him again like or maybe he was the one that pushed to try and get out there or you know because he played they lost they were essentially eliminated at that point and then he sat back down on the bench but he's amazing dude they have a good running back now like uh adams is a great wide receiver it's tough i I think it's Green Bay because I think they have more weapons. But I'm well, it's 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 very much the same argument we have with New England. It's until you until they prove you otherwise, you you have to go with them. They're they're well, favorites in every aspect. Well, the difference is, is that you know Chicago has won that division. Minnesota has won that division more recently than True, Green Bay has. Where no one has won that division more recently than New England has. I don't Correct. think anyone has ever won that division except for since 1971. Uh, yeah, not since the early 90s when the Bills blew four straight Super Bowls. Ooh! Shots fired. Um, I'm going with uh, Chicago. I just, I really feel like Max gonna have his. He's gonna have a year. Uh, the defense is awesome. Year. That defense is awesome. So it's gonna be good. Uh, AFC North, 
that. Just did that one. No, we did AFC, AFC East. Oh, we did. I'm sorry, AFC East. That's a tough division. I can tell you right now, it's not the uh, it's not the Browns. It's not the Browns. Not it's the a, Browns. Not the not the Bengals, and probably not the Ravens. It's either Baltimore. Baltimore's defense is really good. They're gonna. The Baltimore's gonna do things on offense that that only really Seattle kind of does, which is run more than they throw. And, and so there's gonna be a health issue with our quarterback there in Baltimore. It's a lot. They have quite a few running backs. Uh, maybe it's an RG three thing. I, I don't. I could totally see that being the case. I'm just not willing to count them out because their defense is so good. I know they lost Eric Weddle, um, but I, I think they've replenished that defense. They're ready to go. They were a top-ranked defense last year. And you can't count Pittsburgh out ever. Right. We're going to find out very quickly if the no more Le'Veon Bell drama, no more Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown drama makes them better. And you're going to find out if Ben Roethlisberger is truly great. Juju Smith-Schuster is a great wide receiver, but... He's going to J- command all the attention now. James Conner's not Le'Veon Bell. He's a Correct. good player. What is that defense going to do? They're just always in it. They're just always in it. Cleveland is much improved. They get nine wins. It may get them into a wild card, but it's Baltimore or Pittsburgh's uh, division, and I'm going to go with Pittsburgh because of the health thing that you kind of brought up. But I just... You have to make them part of the conversation. I'm going to go with yep, Pittsburgh so. and... and uh, Actually, both wild cards might come out of that division. Really? The AFC, yeah. Huh. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Baltimore and Cleveland. My, but yeah, nine wins for Cleveland. You can write that in blood. All right. Well, I'm going with, with Pittsburgh as well. That's simply for the same reasons you did. It's uh, it's it's going to be... They they seem to, to play consistently. It's going to be how far along they can go in postseason. That's going to be the true testament to the greatness that Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown brought to that team. Do you? We talked about it at the beginning of last year that Mike Tomlin was on the hot seat, and for a good part of the year, it felt like he was. And at the end of the year, it felt like he was also. But I think he got a little bit of a pass because some of the drama in the locker room of what is traditionally like a very pro player. He's still in the hot seat, man. Locker room. But now do you think he gets like a season pass to like, you know, they recognize that they're without the talent. Does he get a little bit of a season pass if they're like competitive and winning some of these games? Or do you think the seat is just as hot? I think the seat is just as hot. I think it's, he is, he's frying right now. It's just, I, I just, I can't see another situation in which for them, it's either all or nothing, you, you know, talent or not. That's your job to acquire talent. That's your job to coach up talent. And if yeah. you couldn't get for what you got returned for those two star players and you can't make that turn into something special. Yeah. You got you got first round picks. That's it. Yeah, but not they didn't get them immediately. They got those guys correct. Those picks are coming. Yeah, I mean, I think that maybe he gets a little bit of a reprieve. His seat's not nearly as hot, but if they start out something crazy like 0 and 4, holy smokes, it gets hotter than it was at any point last year, that's for sure. Yes. I don't see that happening by the way. At the very least they beat the Niners in week 3. <laughs> Uh, all right, NFC South, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, I think that's safe. I think uh, I think Tampa is going to make a, a casual run. I think Cam Newton's going to be health. He's I think he's breaking down. I think he's going to have a hard time trying to be has the brain of old Cam and the body of Cam today, and I just don't think it's going to happen. He's never succeeded as a pocket passer. He's always been a guy that has like broken plays and uses his physicality on runs and has never been like the most accurate guy when he has to stand in the pocket and make throws. And we've seen that. We've seen him just get his brains beat in for a couple of years now. 
that offense is conducive to him not taking having to take quite as many risks because they've got McCaffrey and right. but the talk is that they're going to diminish some of McCaffrey's workload this year because he did have a lot of touches. But defensively, I don't know if they're necessarily that much better. Keekley's a monster, but they didn't do a great job of stopping guys. Like they didn't put it together last year. Yeah, but Keekley's also concussion prone too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he played a full season last year, but the years before, remember he had the year where he was came off the field, he was crying and all yeah. that. It's so I Carolina, I think, is probably the second or third place team in this division because I don't know what to make of Atlanta. Matt well, Ryan statistically is up and down every the statistical pattern for him is he'll put together a monster season like you did last year and then he'll turn in a mediocre season some of that might be just the way the offensive coordinators have played out in atlanta but some i mean he's had some continuity there early in his career and the pattern has stayed the same so i don't know what you're going to get out of them they, they've got some offensive linemen to protect him but the defense is still shaky i don't believe in tampa and I just, New Orleans is the class of that division. New Orleans is going to lose in a crappy way in the postseason again, just like they always do. But, uh, you know, Michael Thomas got paid, Drew Brees. That defense is good. That secondary is really good. It's just, it's New Orleans division to lose. I hope for for my son's fantasy team that Drew Brees does really, 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 <laughs> really good. Awesome. Uh, I'm with you. New Orleans Saints, it's, uh, it's, again, if you look at the pattern of what we've ch- chosen so far, you know, with the exception of the Eagles in the East, it's been, you know, quarterback heavy you have to trust what they do because this is what they do all the time there very rarely are these last place teams that then go all of a sudden first they've been in they've been in contention a long time these are no-brainers yeah so you have i mean one two three four veterans out of the five we've gone over four of them are well-known veterans who have played at a very high level and have had all of them have had super bowl appearances so pretty impressive yeah afc south uh this is again. We said it last year. This is hands down the worst division in the in football. Do you agree? Um, I would say that it's maybe the NFC South. Yeah, just because I think Tampa's bad. I think Carolina's bad. I think Atlanta's bad. I think Tennessee. Tennessee finds a way to like play their way out of wins at times, but they're physical. They've got some talent on defense. They run the ball well, and they have the ability to sort of grind some of these teams out. Indianapolis, I think, is actually loaded. The no Andrew Luck thing is going to be a problem, but the defense is really good. Marlon Mack's a great player. You've still got T.Y. Hilton. The offensive line is still one of the top two or three in the league. There, it, just because Andrew Luck left doesn't mean that the rest of the team is taking a dive. It's just tough to replace a guy like that. Right. So I think you can't necessarily count them out. The Texans trade for Laramie Tunsil, which is a great move for them. Uh, they trade Jeremy or Jadavian Clowney away for nothing. That's not Nothing. good. Yeah. Um, and they gave up a lot to get Tunsil and Kenny Stills. But now you've got DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Stills, and Will Fuller on that offense for Deshaun Watson, who I think is a winner. Like, he's just done great things everywhere he's been. And I, Jacksonville's defense is good. I think, like, they'll end up having, like, the weirdest, like, sort of 500 record as a division. But they're like a probably... Three-way, a three-way tie. They're probably the toughest top-to-bottom division in... I think, they're, I think they're going to have the, the least amount of combined wins. But I'm trying to think of like a division from top to bottom that is as competitive as they will all be, right? It's not, it's not the... It's not the North. It's not the West. It's not either of the West. I would probably say NFC North. Might be the, with Bears, Lions, Packers, Vikings. Detroit may not, might not be as competitive as we think, but they there might be in the hunt. But Minnesota is on paper supposed to be in the hunt, and Green Bay is yeah. in the hunt. Chicago according to my pro- prolifications, are in the hunt. 
Yeah, I, may, I don't. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I guess when you're talking about combined wins, that's that might be the case. But I, those teams are all going to be competitive. They're all physical, and I think that it's. I think Jacksonville is going to have a little bit of a step up from last year because I do like Nick Foles. They're going to make a late run, which is in classic Nick Foles fashion. <laughs> it's so Foles. Um, I don't think Indianapolis is going to be able to truly recover from the Andrew Luck thing, even though I do think that they're good. I don't trust Mariota in Tennessee. And I like what Deshaun Watson is doing. I don't know if I trust Gus Bradley, but I like what Deshaun Watson is doing. I think that offense is going to put up a lot of points. I'm going to say it's Houston's division to lose. Uh, I'm gonna have to agree with you. I think I think Houston will probably walk away with this. I'm not, you know, as good as things Foles has done. I'm just for some reason Jacksonville just does not. Uh, to me, doesn't have the pedigree of being you know, a winning history. They've sure. been they've been good as of late, but I just don't feel like they're ready to make that hump to be considered division winners. Um, this year. It, it, before, previous pre-Andrew Luck, Colts all the way, without a doubt. I, I was on the Colts train for the Super Bowl. Um, now I think they're going to be good. I think that's just that's just something that you can't replace your franchise guy like that in that kind of demeanor, that kind of way, without it having without reeling. And I think unfortunately they're going to come out of the gates cold and they'll warm up and get hot towards the end. But you're going to throw away three or four games in the beginning that uh, due to rookie mistakes and and or yeah. or, or just synergy mistakes. Which you can't replicate. I mean, there you can get as many reps as you want for Jacoby Brissett, but I just don't see him having the the same continuity with his receiving receiving core. Well, and I think you're going to have to run a different offense with him, right? He's not the pocket passer that Andrew Luck is. Right. He's not as physical as Andrew Luck is. So even if he gets outside the pocket, he's going to try and beat you with speed, as opposed to just laying the wood on you like Andrew Luck would. Because people don't always realize Andrew Luck was the size of Cam Newton. So right. And maybe faster, maybe. So it's people forget about that, but he was willing to his voice. He sounds so doofy with his voice. I know. Um, I'd like to announce that I'm going to retire. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a Muppet. Like Sam the Eagle from the Muppets. So, yeah, I, I Indianapolis is going to be in the mix for sure, if, at least for the wild card situation. But I, I think it's again, I think it's Houston's division to lose. Correct. NFC West, your baby. Seattle. Go. Seattle. Just because of the recent Clowney signing? Because their defense was already good. And now it's extremely better. Now it's much better. And they run the ball more than they throw it, which keeps teams like the Rams off the field. Right? They're all Rams offense off the field. I'm 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 going with Seattle because I don't believe in Jared Goff. And now that he got paid, I don't know if they're either the pressure's off and he's gonna relax or the pressure's too high. Because look at the way he played in the Super Bowl right. when there's you know it's a high when, pressure when situation. Exactly, and he just diarrheaed. <laughs> he did diarrhea the bed. He made one great throw that Robert Woods almost caught in the end zone, and the safety came over from like he was playing on a different field. It felt like he f- ran from so far, but Goff airmailed the throw a little bit, and it hung up in the air, and the safety came over and broke it up at the last second, and that was the only great throw he made in that game. Yeah. And so I don't know if I necessarily trust him. Plus, what is Gurley's health going to be like? What is, I mean, I love Wade Phillips. I love what he does defensively, but no Dominican Sue now. They lost their safety. Safety's uh, uh, with the Raiders now. Um, LaMarcus Joyner? Yes. Yeah, LaMarcus Joyner. You know, so what does that do to the defense? You know, Tlaib's not getting younger. You know, Peters isn't getting younger. You know, it's not often that you 
repeat. You run back, especially if you're the team that lost. The Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. Right. And as much as I would love to be like, it's the Niners, they have to show you. Right. So you know what Seattle is. Seattle's tough. It's a tough place to play. They're going to go seven and one at home, probably, you know, or eight and at home. They're going to do something stupid, something crazy like that. And so I just, I think it's, you have to go, you got to go, in my opinion, you got to go with Seattle. Well, I'm saying it's the Niners. Whoa. Whoa, I think think that, I think this is going to be the kind of the eclipse year where you finally get to see the brilliance of Shanahan's system marked with the, with a quarterback like Garoppolo, which even under injury and duress, the team still rallied behind. Yes. Take some notes there, Antonio Brown, to how, how teamworks work, how that how that happens. Uh, but I think that they're, they finally have some tools in place. I think Debo Samuel is going to be incredible for them. Yeah, hope he, so. he really looks to have the pedigree of being a number one target and to be able to, you know, there's going to be speed, is going to be everything that they've needed to help that run game. And the run game was was decent. It's good. It was top 10 in the league last right. year. So you add that, if you could improve slightly, if you can move two more ticks up with that, with now having a deeper threat and have, being able to you know, pay, make teams believe that you're going to pass with uh, Grappolo behind them, I think you guys have a lot of opportunity. I think the hangover from the Rams, I think the Cardinals just being in a place of new coach, new quarterback, new system, new, new, new. It's a college system, too. It's a yes. I, I, That's such a terrible hire for them. It's a college system. It's a Chip system. Kelly hire. It feels like it. They're going to run the air raid. Like, there's a reason why Mike Leach has never been hired in the NFL, because the air raid offense doesn't work at this level, because there's too much speed on the defensive side of the ball. Yes. And it just doesn't... It doesn't compute. Doesn't, it doesn't play. Seattle's going to be tough. I'm not... I, you know, but to me... It's I, as I made my horrible prediction last year about how the Rams are not going to do well because it's too much talent. Seattle's starting to get that point where they have too much of everything, and I just don't. I don't know. I think they're going to do fine. Russell Wilson is an amazing quarterback, um, but I think you're right. Home record is going to be one thing. I think they're going to struggle on the road. Yeah, I mean, they're, I think they're biggest... big, and I think the Niners have. I think the Niners have a better offensive set, an offensive coach in Shanahan to to out scheme road games to win scheme to win yeah because both of those teams can run the ball well Seattle relies on the ball on running the ball so much it's like 55 or 58 percent of their offensive possessions are run plays or 55 percent of their play calls are run plays that would be the appropriate way to say it (laughs) Uh, when you do that and you can do it with success that keeps you in games on the road you know what I mean? Their difference, though, is like they lost a game in Santa Clara last year against the Niners. They lost some head scratchers last year. That's the only thing that kind of like makes me nervous about them. Uh, they got DK Metcalf, who is the burner that looked yes. like a statue of God himself, you know, at the combine. They got him. He's he's a little bit hurt to start the season, but he's a guy that like you can't run with. And most of Russell Wilson's success through the air is on busted plays and of the 32 teams, 25 teams have a hard time staying home when the play breaks. Right. Right. So he's like built for that system. I don't know. It just feels to me like, you know, it just feels to me like too many teams are like too many people are just kind of counting Seattle out. Like the windows closing, the windows closing, the Legion of boom is gone. They've never been the same. They have enough talent there. And Russell Wilson's a good quarterback and the Rams have to show me twice. And the 49ers, I don't know how good the secondary is. Yeah, they got a better pass rush, but that's what cost them so many games last year. It's not because Nick Mullins couldn't produce on offense. It's that 
they had teams pick them apart in the fourth quarter because they had to throw so many dudes in the backfield to protect the corners I couldn't cover. Yeah. Right. It was Richard Sherman and then me and you. <laughs> right. That's basically what it was. And so and they're kind of running a similar squad back out there. Linebackers are much better. Defensive line, if that was even possible, now can is better up the middle. And then also they've got a great pass rush now. Offensively, it's not going to be a problem. Garoppolo's going to throw picks. He might be 35 touchdowns and 15 picks on the year, which is still a great season. Yeah. But if you don't force turnovers, if you don't stop the ball on your side, those picks are going to come back to kill you. And you just don't know what you're getting. That's Yeah, you and a handful of different analysts have all kind of said the same thing, where they anticipate a lot of rust and a lot of picks getting thrown by Garoppolo for whatever reason, whether it's injury or just the lack of playing time. Over the last, you know, two seasons, I'm not even sure it has anything to do with that. I think he's just he's the Brett he's a Brett Favre type gunslinger, like he throws the ball into double I, coverage. That's one of my favorite descriptions of quarterbacks as a gunslinger. I love it. <laughs> so I th- I think he is that guy. I think he's because he's got yeah. a great arm and he's got good instincts and he throws the ball in there and sometimes you throw it in there and a defensive back just makes a great athletic play that just happens and so I think that's why he ends up making a lot of picks. Right? He doesn't. I don't think he throws. Last year he threw a few. But over the course of an entire season, you're not going to be able to point to every one of those picks and be like, well, that was a dumb decision. Right. So who knows? A lot of times it's, you know, right, you know, uh, a lot of times the receiver is not where they're supposed to be. Yeah. And a good defense will pick up on that. Yeah. All right. Last but not least, AFC West. I'm going to go first on this one. Uh, I will I will not only tell you who's going to win the division, but I'll also tell you the order in which the rest of the season will go. Okay. <sighs> Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, go. Wow. Wow. It's Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. You still think Raiders are going to get fourth in division, even with this A-B thing? Well, I'm thinking it with the because of the A-B thing. <laughs> the Chargers were my favorite to win this division until Derwin James got hurt. Once Derwin James got hurt, that changes the entire dynamic of that offense. And then also Melvin Gordon is not there, although Austin Eckler is a nice running back. I think he's just as effective in that offense. They lose Tyrell Williams, but they've got Mike Williams there. They've got other receiving options. Keenan Allen's a monster. Which, by the way, that's Tyrell Williams is, is, I'm sure, giggling on the inside because his production and his attention now will be, he'll be the prime target. Yeah. Yeah. So whether AB's there or not, he is going to get more throws his way. I think that that was the best sign the Raiders made of all the things. That's they like did. the most quiet one too. Yeah. yeah. I think that and Josh Jacobs as a running back were the two, probably the most two impactful players for the season. If Josh Jacobs was a first round pick. Yes. Yeah. These days it's tough because he's going to want, at some point he's going to want first round money. It's tough to like justify those things, but between now and then. Whee! Yeah, I think exactly. It's going to be freaking great. Exactly. Um, but I, you know, Kansas City just got LaShawn McCoy. Like, I, I watched the Niners play them in their third preseason. It's a track team. You can't run with anybody on that team. Right. Mahomes is throwing all these passes. Like, you look like, why would he throw that pass? And then the guy's wide open. You're like, well, did he just throw that behind his back without looking? Yeah. Like, what is that? And the guy's like wide open. You know, there's like nobody even on the field. It's like, it, he's got some kind of crazy magic. They're not going to win the Super Bowl because Andy Reid doesn't win Super Bowls. He goes to a, to title games, but that's about the extent of it. I don't know what their defense is. I don't know that it's gotten considerably better. Well, um, it wasn't it wasn't very good to begin it with. Bad it, last it was bad. It was couldn't because, stop the run. Right. Their big thing was that they were able to get they force a lot of fumbles, and when they get up twenty one points, you just pin your ears back and blitz everybody. So they right. got a lot of sacks. So 
but I just I don't know now that Derwin James is hurt and there's no Melvin Gordon in, in Los Angeles for the Chargers. They're just not the same team. They're pretty deep on both sides of the ball, but I don't. They're just not the same team. They're just not the same team with Derwin James and Gordon out. I like what Denver's done. Their defense is really good already. They had a down year last year because of some injuries, but now you have Vic Fangio to the mold. And I, I think we talked about this on. We might not have talked about this on the radio. It might have been on the Outside Science podcast, but they did an interview with all of the coordinators in the league and they asked who is a defensive coordinator that keeps you up at night. And it was like 30 out of 32 guys or some crazy number 26 out of 32 guys said Vic Fangio. Yes. Because the defense is there's nothing like they don't do anything sneaky. It's like, here's, we just line up and beat you. It's a bulldozer. Yeah. We just line up and beat you. And we just, we, once the ball gets caught, we just rally up and tackle all his teams are good tackling teams. And so if you're, you know, if AB's not going to, play for the Raiders or whatever, they still don't have a ton of speed. Like Tyrell Williams has speed, but he's also big. That's what helps down the field. Yes. They still don't have a ton of team speed really. And so like if so much of that Gruden offense is built on run after the catch and they don't run a lot of like the jet sweep type stuff that you see in the new age NFL, they just don't, it's not in their playbook. Really. It's a lot of run up the middle, seven step drops or three step drops and get the ball out quickly. Those Vic Fangio defenses can defend that all day because of the way they're aggressive on the corners. The safeties come up. The linebackers will hit you. The safeties will come up. They all rally to the ball and tackle. And they have, it's not like they're building a defense. They already have Von Miller. They already have Chubb. They already have Chris Harris. Like it's a good defense already. And now you're adding that coordinator there, which is why I think they're going to be able to make noise in the division. I don't know if I buy into the, the uh, Joe Flacco being the quarterback is going to really make them a playoff team. I don't know if I believe all that. I know they run the ball really well. I know they run the ball really well. I love Cortland Sutton. I love Emmanuel Sanders. But Joe Flacco makes them awfully one-dimensional in the passing game, really, right? So I just don't know with the Chargers and the Chiefs both being in the division, I don't know if they have enough to overcome that. And I still don't think the Raiders are going to stop anybody. I think that's their big problem. Like they, I like Cleveland Farrell and I like, I like the safe. What's the safety name that they drafted this year? Um, uh, it's another, uh, I must not like him that much. No, no, no. I actually really liked him. I'm just trying to blank on his name. Um, but I, you know, I think they still aren't winning any matchups outside with the defensive backs. They're still not going to get a ton of pass rush and they're down <laughs> to three linebackers. So, uh, first injury report of the season has been released and Antonio Brown is listed as a non-participant yeah. non-injury related. Yeah. So I, you know, the Raiders are building something. Right. And I think they've done a lot of good things, but in the, in the, you know, if they played in the AFC South, (laughs) maybe, maybe they'd make a little bit more noise, but I just, it's a tough draw against Denver because of the way that that defense is going to be built. And then the chargers and the chiefs are both really, really good. So unfortunately, yeah, I think they finished in fourth place in that division. And the 49ers are just because people are going to make the always pro 49er. The only reason the 49ers probably aren't finishing fourth in that division is because Arizona is so bad. <laughs> Jonathan Abram. Jonathan Abram. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a, he's going to be a great player, a little undersized, but a, he's a hitter and he's a smart guy and he's in position a lot. Yes. So, you know, I think against the chargers and against the chiefs, they'll find a way to scheme up the size factor there. Because he'll be in the right position. You just can't let him make athletic plays to beat you, right? So they'll figure out ways to defend that. For now, once the Raiders get great corners on that team or get really solid corners, all bets are off. Because you can't scheme up to beat three or four dudes in the secondary. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So what did Chiefs Broncos... No, Chiefs Chargers Broncos race. race. All right.
right. There you have it. Episode 120. The NFL preview. Yeah. Allegedly. That may may or may not be confirmed. Again, big thank you to our sponsor. (laughs) If you're listening to this in your team's bye week. (laughs) Yeah. We apologize. Sorry if this comes out in week three. Uh, That's it. Thank you for tuning in. Sports Meets Beer Podcast. Shout out. Big thank you. Sponsor Ferno Grills. Give them a uh, click. Fernogrills.com. Uh, and then again, follow us on all of our socials. Tag us. Email us. Email the show. Sportsmeetsbeer at gmail. That's M-E-A-T-S. Gmail.com. Hit us up. Anything else? Anything to wrap it up? I'm excited. Football season is back. Yeah, we get to uh, week one, Thursday night. We, we're, it's on. It's popping. We're at back to school night. Bye, buddy.